and cut on that. Buddy! Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, who have been with us since the beginning would know two things about us, two fundamental facts, two absolutely really real and in no way made up facts about the both of us, America's hottest will they or won't they couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you're working hard on your Etsy site, which is really impressive. So tell us, Bunny, what have you been knitting and or crocheting this week? Uh, well, I, well, it's it's not knitting or sewing, of course, but I am I am taking human phalanges and making sculptures of our presidents out of them. So nice. I, I've I've just been doing Jimmy Carter, you know. And Jimmy Carter, back when he was younger, and it's a younger version of him, he had the space between the teeth. So yeah. it, it uses up a little less human bone. Good, you know? good, good. You know, you got to conserve. What's that? You got to conserve, you yeah, know? Yeah, you, you know, because it's kind of hard to get finger bones, and in particular, it's got to be the finger bones. Yeah. Because I'm an artist, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this point in the podcast is find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximation! Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP because it's short and cute and to the point. And speaking of short, this week on the old Shappity SHAP SHAP, we will be doing a short short a short sharp shap uh, designed to shine a much needed light on a true American hero a man named Nathan Williams who is Nathan Williams you may ask well he's only a goddamn national treasure he is a hero okay. and he deserves our respect Nay, the nation's respect. And uh, we need to talk about him and the thing that he has done for us all. But before we get to Nathan Williams and what he has done, we need to talk about a movie that's near and dear to my heart, and I believe it's near and dear to yours too, buddy. A little film that some people may have heard of, called the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. So Richard O'Brien was an out-of-work actor in London in the 70s, and to keep himself busy during his long stretches of joblessness, he wrote a musical 
that would be both a tribute to old B movies and old uh, movies that he used to see. Uh, science fiction double features. Uh, it, it, not only would the film, would the musical be a tribute to those old B movies, but it would also be an outlet by which he could deal with his own issues with his own sexuality. The play would come to be known as the Rocky Horror Show, and it was first staged by Australian director Jim Sharman, who cast uh, fellow Australian Nell Campbell, Tim Curry, O'Brien himself, and Patricia Quinn. The play was a hit and toured all over the globe, and in 1975, Hollywood came a-knocking, Lou Adler, a recording company owner, uh, saw the play in late 73 and immediately bought the U.S. theatrical rights. Uh, And so in fall and winter of 1974, the film version of the stage play began filming at Oakley Court, which was an old mansion uh, where they used to film all of the a bunch of the old Hammer films, you know yeah. Peter Cushing and all of that. And at the time of filming, Oakley Court was in such bad shape that a good portion of the roof was missing. So just to be clear, when you see the time warp sequence, just know that it's late October in England and there's no roof and everyone is dancing and freezing to death, and Susan Sarandon has pneumonia and wants to fucking die. Yes. This is something that I think about a lot. Just know that that is the case when you are watching the Time Warp that everyone loves. I liken it to the first hour of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, join. Thank you for joining us in our three-hour live broadcast of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, the parade will be starting super far away in New York, and we have our cameras set up at the exact end of the parade. So the parade will take about an hour to get to where we are. So in the first hour. We will be uh, interviewing stars of upcoming NBC shows. So I can't wait for this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Hello, I am Al Roker, here talking with the stars of the new NBC hit La Brea. Yeah. Uh, So the new show La Brea just, uh, just premiered on NBC. It's a sci-fi action show in which there's an earthquake in La Brea, which is uh, in L.A. somewhere. And uh, a bunch of people fall through the cracks in the ground and end up in like (coughs) 1000 B.C. How did they get there and how will they ever get back? Is it time travel? Is it an alternate universe? A wormhole? I don't know, but I can already see the small but vocal fan base starting a Netflix Please Save La Brea campaign when it's canceled in one to two years. Yeah. It's just one of those NBC loves uh, 
premiering extravagant high concept sci-fi shows that will get canceled in one to two seasons. Yeah. Hi, the cape. Uh-huh. So uh yeah, Brain can't wait fun. for Yeah, can't wait for this show to be canceled. It just got it has a it has an a, an NBC canceled stink all freaking over it. But anyway. So so the first hour of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, they have Broadway musicals come and do shows outside and it's like you're doing you've got uh, half naked dancers dancing on a wet on wet pavement and it's 38 degrees yeah and raining and you've got half naked dancers on the street this is is so imagine that but now have them do it 35 times in a row and that's the time warp well, but you, but the one thing about it is, you know they're dancing their asses off. You bet your ass they are dancing their asses off because they're trying to not get freaking hypothermia and die. I'm, yeah. I'm sure just before they are begging, can we start dancing yet? Can we start dancing? Can we fucking dance already? Yeah. Meanwhile, Susan Sarandon's near freaking dead. So the movie was released on August 15th, 1975. The Rocky Horror Show is now the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Critics hated it. Newsweek called it, quote, tasteless, plotless, and pointless. No arguments here. And the San Francisco Chronicle said that it lacked charm. And the New York Times called it a low-budget freak show. The New York Times called it that, not our beloved movie reviewer Vincent Canby. Apparently, he was too busy to review this movie. The film was dead on arrival. Well, well, and I, I think Freak Show might be pretty on target. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so the movie was dead on arrival and considered a massive bomb. However... This is what happens with movies. This is what happens. Hey, I am a movie studio. We're going to give this film a big, wide release. Let's say 3,000 theaters. And there you go. The movie will be playing in 3,000 theaters for a week, <coughs> two weeks. Maybe after the two weeks, it goes down to 2,200 2, theaters. Maybe the week after that, it goes down to 1,000 theaters. And then it goes into what you call limited release. Okay, these 30 theaters are going to still show it because for whatever reason, I don't know, people are loving this movie in Schenectady. So, uh, so then it goes down to 20 and then 10 and then eventually the studio says, okay, now we're going to pull the film and we can work on the VHS and the laser disc and the DVD and the what have you. Um... But that never happened with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It went into limited release, and the theaters that still had it started showing it, doing late-night showings, and those late-night showings started growing in popularity. The movie came out in 1975. By 1978, the Rocky Horror Picture Show still had not been pulled from theaters and was playing in over 50 locations at midnight across America. I, and, the, and then a year later, that number 
would balloon from 50 theaters to over 200 theaters nationwide. And because of this massive cult following, the Rocky Horror Picture Show has been in continual limited release over 45 years after it initially came out, making it the longest running theatrical release of all time. It was never pulled from theaters. And that just doesn't happen. So the Rocky Horror Picture Show came out in 1975 and stayed in theaters, period. This just does not happen. It was never pulled from theaters by 20th Century Fox. And to this day, it continues to play in theaters. There was a scare in 2019 when 20th Century Fox was purchased by the Disney Corporation. And Disney uh, is in that mind frame where uh, this is how you make money by not releasing movies to theaters for a long time and then releasing it on DVD. We call it the Disney Vault. We're pulling all of the 20th Century Fox films. You can't go see Aliens in an in a old-timey uh, movie theater anymore. You yeah. can't go see, I don't know, this other 20th Century Fox film. I don't know, Predator. Is that one? I don't know. You can't go see Predator at like a college art house cinema anymore. And so they're pulling movies from theaters. And then people were like, oh, no, uh, is Rocky Horror Picture Show going in the goddamn Disney vault next to Pinocchio and the racist fucking Dumbo Crows? <laughs> but Disney said, like, but Disney went, shit, okay, we'll make one single exception for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, so few. Rocky Horror Picture Show has played in theaters continuously since 1975. This brings us to our hero, Mr. Nathan Williams. Okay. The The Clinton Street Theater is a movie theater in Southeast Portland, Oregon. It is one of the oldest continually operating movie theaters in the entire country having opened in 1914 and it is still in business. That is fascinating. I love old-timey movie theaters. Yeah. And the Clinton Street Theater, Jesus, that's been uh, in business for a long-ass time. The Clinton Street Theater has also been doing weekly showing for the Rocky Horror Picture Show since 1978. In 1978, when the Rocky Horror Picture Show really started getting popular as a midnight movie, a thing you had to see, the Clinton Street Theater picked it up and never stopped showing it. It is one of the longest-running, unbroken streaks of weekly Rocky Horror Picture Show showings in the entire planet Earth. Wow. And the guy who hosts the screenings and also runs the projector is a man named Nathan Williams. And for years and years and years now, Nathan Williams has been running the Rocky Horror Picture Show screenings and running the projector every week at the Clinton Street Theater in Southeast Portland, Oregon. Then on March 15th, 2020, 
the Clinton Street Theater, like so many other goddamn theaters, had to be closed due to the pandemic. But then our boy, Nathan Williams, was all, wait, okay, so the Clinton Street Theater is closing, all movie theaters are closing. Uh, If the theater closes for the pandemic, sure, every theater is closed for the pandemic, but uh, the streak will be broken, right? I mean, maybe it will still be considered a streak, but there'll be like an asterisk. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, we showed Rocky Horror Picture Show every week, and then asterisk, the theater was shut down for a year because of the pandemic. But but Nathan Williams is like, damn it, I, no. No, I can't let that happen. We have one of the longest running streaks in the history of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know the theater is closing down because of the pandemic, but like, damn it, I cannot let this stand. This aggression will not stand, man. And so, for 54 Saturdays after March of 2020, Nathan Williams played the Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight every week in an empty fucking theater so that the goddamn streak of Rocky Horror Picture Show would remain alive even during the goddamn pandemic when all movie theaters were closed, Rocky Horror Picture Show still played every fucking Saturday. And that is because of Nathan Williams. Nice. Nice. Even though the theater was closed, he'd get out the keys, he'd open it up, he'd go into the projector. Exactly at midnight, he would start the Rocky Horror Picture Show in an empty theater to himself. Maybe uh, once he would bring a friend, maybe another time he would bring two friends. But every week, Rocky Horror Picture Show played to, a, to an empty theater to keep the streak alive, to keep the flame burning bright for all the current and former Rocky Horror Picture Show fans out there. I lived at Rocky Horror Showings in Tempe, Arizona from like 95 to 97. And now, when people write about Rocky Horror being the longest continually running film of all time, there will not be an asterisk after that title explaining how the pandemic shut down theaters because the Rocky Horror Picture Show never stopped playing, even during the coronavirus lockdown. And the reason for that is because of Portland resident Nathan Williams, a true American Hero. Yes. Yes. Nathan. This man deserves our honor and respect. Yes. Because of because of his work, Nathan Williams gets a shout out. Hold on a second. Nathan Williams! Nathan Williams! That that took longer than I thought because the cat wanted to come in. But there you go. Nathan Williams. You want to show everyone what? Oh. Cut this out. With a knife? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, I really, you really shouldn't be playing with knives, Maxwell. Especially you. Okay. 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 Uh, this is why some of the podcasts. <laughs> but, but that was Shap for this week. Nathan Williams, a hero. Yes. A national treasure. Oh my goodness! I tip my hat to you, good sir. Yes. I mean, goddamn, goddamn. We That's will spread his thing. word. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan Williams. You are a hero. <laughs> I want to. I want to shake his hand and thank him and ask him. Do you have any tattoos, Nathan? <laughs> so. Uh, good. I want to throw rice in his hair and have it stay in there and like you take a shower and then you take another shower and still like on Tuesday you're finding fucking rice in your hair. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say thank you so much and then boom, rice bomb. So that's it for uh, Steve's historic approximations. This week Nathan Williams is a hero and he deserves our respect. Next week, we will be talking about the comic series The Phantom and also a small uh, uh, aboriginal tribe. Oh, okay. So that's going to be fun. Yes, I'm familiar with this story. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. So join us next week for more Steve's Historic Approximations! And cut on that.